welcome to the Brothers in Arm Chairs podcast. We are three friends brought together through our years of military service who have a common interest in movies and pop culture. The podcast is an opportunity for us to talk about movies and TV in what we hope will be an entertaining format for you, our listener. Every show, we will discuss a theme and mix it up with a segment or two. I'm your host, Kenny, and my co-host brothers are Arnez and Dell. What's up, fellas? Hey, Kenny. Hello, Dell. How you doing? Welcome back. Uh, hello, audience there. Looking forward to another great podcast. Hello, all fellas. Nothing like spending a Friday afternoon with you guys. Ow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll take I it. I'll take it. <laughs> Hey, listen, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so I'm going to give you some places where you can find us. You can email us at brothersinarmchairspodcast at gmail.com or follow us and comment us on a Twitter at broarmchairs3. That's at broarmchairs3. You can hit us up on Instagram at brothersinarmchairspodcast. And of course, interact with us on the Facebook group at brothersinarmchairspodcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we would love for you to click and subscribe and leave us a review. So, moving on to today's episode. Today's episode is entitled, Today's Leftovers. Are you spending a lot of time at home? Have you spent so much time with your significant other that their mere idea of watching another 18 hours of Desperate Housewives of New England, have you contemplating murder? Is your family sick of watching Super Bowl reruns on NFL Network? Have you burned through those 10 episodes of whatever and are searching for something else to watch? Well, have no fear, Brothers in Armchairs is here to walk you through some movies you can watch on the streamers. Over the last few days, we have watched some movies, some good, some not so good, that are currently available on stream that reside outside the realm of blockbuster films. These are movies you probably haven't heard of. We scraped the barrel and have come up with nine films that we'll tell you about and hopefully help you navigate what's available out there. We're going to play a little game today. It's called Play, Pass, and Pause. If we say play, we mean recommend it. If we say pass, it means save your time for something else. And if we say pause, it means you might like it. Without further ado, I introduce to you the play, pass, and pause of nine movies. All right. Well, I want to start off with a movie that I definitely think is a play. It's the 1995 Piranha. It's starring Alexandra Paul. Most of y'all should know her. She's from Baywatch. Oh. Millie Kunitz. Uh, in her younger days when she started acting. That, that would be Mila Kunitz. <laughs> Oh, okay. And we hey, hey, hey. maybe that's how you really pronounce it. Maybe that's the real way of pronouncing it. Well, I don't personally know her yet, so you know. Yeah, I uh-huh. like that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? yeah. Shows uh, confidence. Shows confidence. See exactly. And William Cat, uh, you probably remember him from The Greatest American Hero. I do. Anyway, Weird. it's a it's a basic follow up to the original 1970 Parada there. So. It's a really basic plot, but it's really good. I mean, if you watch it there, it's got gore and guts. It's got a, two heroes, basically. Overall, like I said, it is definitely a play movie. If you like movies from the 80s, early 90s there, this is definitely it. This is, this is it. This is definitely it. <laughs> it's this definitely 1995 it. piece of crap horror movie that you dug up from the bottom of the bay and said, yeah. This is Listen, the 90s. <laughs> Only reason why this thing is available for streaming is because it was cheaply licensed. How old was Mila Kunis in this movie? Was probably she like came eight? in like a package of 1,000 licenses. She probably was eight in this movie, but hey, you get to see her starting out. <laughs> Wait, I, I need to know, did you even know who she was in the movie? Like, did you, I like, did. So she showed up on screen. You're like, oh, that's Mila Kunis. I know when her. When I saw it, I no, got No, no, no. He said, hey, that's Micah Kunis. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I said, hey, I think I knew who that is. She looks pretty young there. And uh, I, I was actually Googled it. I was like, that's her. I was right. Wasn't okay. it that, uh, wasn't it like the Academy Awards where John Travolta like butchered Adina Menzel's name <laughs> for like 45 minutes of the, of the program? I just felt like Arnez just butchered the heck out of that poor girl's name. Like she, if she's listening to the podcast, she turned oh, hey, it off. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe at that age, that's how her name was pronounced. <laughs> there you go. She was new to the scene. All right, man. L- l- listen, man. I, you know what? I'm, I, I am not in courage to watch that man that that do you like that, comedy it's got plenty of comedy in it it's got plenty of blood and gore you're calling that a pass no i'm not I, i'm calling it a play oh yeah play yeah yeah I'm no you call play. it a pass <laughs> yeah yeah i'm calling it pass i mean okay hey you know what here here it is okay. all right give me give me the best possible action like why should I sit down and spend over an hour watching this damn thing give me the best possible thing i can hope to get out of watching this movie Besides entertainment, it's got Listen, comedy. Does, it's got does, comedy. Does the in greatest it. American hero have that afro? If he has that afro, I might watch it. No, he doesn't. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you say entertainment, but I'm entertained by watching my dog run around in circles. It doesn't mean I want to watch it for an hour and a half. I mean, <laughs> do you so like I, I, Alexandria look, Paul? Do you like her? Yeah, movies? I mean, I know who she is. I liked Baywatch. I think my question would be: in order to be a truly compelling, good, bad horror movie. It has to have three elements, okay? All right. The first element is it has to have ridiculous, over-the-top, campy action. It's got that? It's got to have nudity. (laughs) Okay, this is a PG movie. You know, it doesn't have... For 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 now for nowadays it does have it does not have any nudity in it. But for it does nowadays. have this well considered nowadays it would be considered PG thirteen. And then the uh, third thing is it has to have compelling action. It's got some good action scene for the era. And this right, and to not, clarify to our viewers, this is not piranha three D, which has all three has all of those. All right, You're right. right. This how, is how much how much how much piranha action are we talking? To, how much piranha action do I get out of this recommendation? What do you mean by that? Piranha action. Uh, yeah, how much time do I get watching piranhas eat people? Oh, at least every ten minutes. Piranhas really? eating somebody. Yes, that's actually that's actually that, that, that qualifies as as bad camp or good camp. That, I, uh, that's now, I will say in the first fifteen minutes of it, you will have a piranha eating people in the first fifteen minutes, and then it kind of slows up. But then after it picks up, or the piranha are released, it's like every five ten minutes the piranha is eating somebody. All right. They even right, show so, you the. But now, based on the rating, we're not getting a lot of a lot of grounded up meat and bits floating in the water, do, are we? Well, you do see some legs and arms and bones of a body that's kind of been mangled to death. What's the gore level? What's the highest rating? So, I mean, let's say gore. Let Let's rank it on actual decent horror movies. Let's say Saw is probably the goriest, and let's mm-hmm. back that up to like Freddy Krueger. Dream Warriors, probably the, the the least goriest. Wow, least goriest. I would fit it probably halfway. I, I'd give it a three out of a five. All right. You know, it's all right. Well, I mean, remember for the, the time though, for for nineteen ninety five, the gore was probably at a five. You know, so you can't compare it to movies made nowadays. You have to think about it. This is nineteen ninety five. Did the gore slow down in the nineties? Because in the eighties, we were heavy, man. Remember Toxic Avenger? Oh. It's kind of like to- good example. So it is like Toxic Toxic Avenger. Yes. Okay. All right. You know what? You know what, Arnez? You got me. I'll watch and, it. And, and, and I'll watch do you it. like do you like scary jumpy scenes? This is not going to scare me. 
I'm just saying, if they scare your I'm, wife or kids, I'm, if they're watching it, I'm I just don't saying. think it's going to scare my wife. I am, I am out, and I am someone that will watch a lot of bad movies. I have a lot of bad movies, and I am not going to watch this. I just, oh my goodness! You know, the only thing that had me, the only thing that you sold me on was the fact that it's probably a little horror porn. So if you were like, you know, not much story, we just want to get to the next kill, then then it's probably the movie for me. But I, I'm. I'm out. Like okay, I'm out. Uh, okay. Uh, you, you got you got me though, Arnett. I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. You know, right, you I'm gonna watch it with the headset on and when the kids are sleeping. But I'm gonna watch it. All right. Where can, can we you... find this disaster piece? <laughs> Amazon Prime. What are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm just laughing at you. <laughs> okay. If you want gory and nudity and all that stuff, I'm sorry. I have to jump into my next one. Hey, stop. Cut you off. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with my my play. I'm going with my play. All right. This one watched it a few days ago because you know kind of exhausted with what's available. Bloodfather, 2016's Bloodfather on Netflix. Uh-huh. This uh, ex-con reunites with his estranged, wayward 17-year-old daughter to protect her from drug dealers trying to kill her. Very complex plot. Basically, Mel Gibson. Billy B.A., right? He would accept he looks like the tough guy. He talks like the tough guy, but he's also trying to be a father. So he's trying to balance that. I'm a tough guy, but I want to help my kid. And as it turns out, the great part about this story is he has to be a tough guy to help his kid. And so it works out. But overall, not a complex movie. You got some drug dealers. You got some gangsters. You got the old con trying to do better. And you got the crazy daughter who's making trouble. Some interesting characters along the way, little deep diving into his past, but you know, it, 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 it slowly builds and slowly builds. It hits a reasonable climax and I thought it ended really well. I think it's definitely worth the hour and a half to watch. This is more like a, I'd say Saturday afternoon kind of movie, but I'll give it my pass. I mean, my play, sorry, play. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I've seen this movie. I Mel Gibson has had some straight to, to VOD action movies over the last ten years since his unfortunate incident. Uh, so I I also watched this movie when it was out. I haven't seen it probably for a while. I would say I haven't seen it for at least two years. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I think I was a little let down that I wanted more action than what it had. But I still love Mel Gibson, and so I enjoyed the movie. You I like Mel that? Gibson, the actor, not the person, but I enjoy him on screen. I think he's compelling. I, I like that they didn't overwhelm it with action. You know, you put too much action into movies like this, and you take away what little plot and dialogue that they have left. But this is the guy that was Lethal Weapon, right? This is this is what he made his bread and butter on. He was Mad Max. He was Lethal Weapon. He was, uh, you know, all these action stars, Payback. You have to look at the fact that now we are inundated with a John Wick action type of style where it we expect more from our action movie. Yeah, but you know what? This, this isn't Sylvester Stallone trying to be the same action star he was in the 80s. You got Mel Gibson actually showing his age and acting his age, but still in the action role. Oh, it, he's, fit, it fits. I'm kind of yeah. lost. So he's trying to save his daughter from some drug dealers? Is that what it is? Yeah, she's just doing all kinds of knuckleheaded stuff. And he he she calls him for help and he agrees to help her out in his own way. But like I said, as it turns out, him being a bad guy is what he needs to do to save her. So, so it's he, kind of a nice little twist. So, so was the action kind of slow through the whole movie or slow get to started? And then by the end, it was a big action. No, nah, it's, it, 
it uh, slow it slow moves and then action fast and then it slows down again. There's but every time it slows down, it's a build, and so it's not like this movie. This movie doesn't take you backwards. It keeps moving in one one motion forward. Keeps building, keeps building, and keeps building. It just at no point does it just reverse and lie flat, which is what I really liked. It just keeps building, and you know, a quarter way through the movie, you got to keep watching it. You got to keep watching it to the end, and the more you watch, the more you have to watch. It's not going to stop. Yeah, I, I seem to recall that as well. I remember the tension building and I remember feeling like this wasn't a movie I was going to rewatch a bunch of times, but it was a movie I wanted to see how it ended. And yeah. you're right. That is a movie that I would probably say is a play if I'm so compelled to watch it that I got to see how it ends. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good ending. It's not a, it's not entirely predictable. It's good. Well, I have never seen the movie. So, I mean, just from what I hear... I'm going to put this as a pause that, that hey, okay, I'm going to okay. we're not gonna go see it, but All I will, right. I would like to see it. Look, listen, Stallone was going to do this part. All right. He, he was looking at this part hey, back in 2008. That's not a selling. That's a feature. sell. That, that's, that's a, not a sell. That's a sell. That's, <laughs> All right. This is the same dude that did, is, was it avenging Tony or whatever the heck it hey, was. Hey, that he made. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> oh, get, get Carter. Get Carter. Yeah, well, he did get, get Carter. Carter. He all did. right, listen. But <laughs> if if Stallone wanted a piece of this stuff, right, and then, then it's an action movie because that's all Stallone is doing. He's doing action movies. He wants to feed that junkie, right? So Arnez, I think you'd like it because of that factor there. I might have cerebraled it too much for you, but it is a good watch. You will enjoy it. I, you know what? You're going to enjoy it more well, than I, you enjoyed Piranha. I'm, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not saying I will watch it. I'm just saying it's a part. When I get to it, I'll put it on my list of movies to watch. Wow. But it's Going not my first that. choice. Falling short. That looks cute. <laughs> Falling <laughs> <You're> short. Right? <laughs> all right, I'll jump in now. I'm going to give you my pass. All right. So uh, I watched this movie with my wife. It was Love Wedding Repeat, 2020 Netflix original movie. It is from the UK. And essentially the movie breaks down into while trying to make his sister's wedding day go smoothly, Uh, Our lead character, Jack, finds himself struggling an angry ex-girlfriend, an uninvited guest with a secret, a misplaced sleep sedative, and the girl that got away in an alternate versions of the same day. Now, this movie on the surface looked like it was going to be a winter romantic comedy for me. Like, I was down. I was like, okay, great. Yeah, romantic comedy, wedding. It's going to be funny. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm psyched. And I go to watch it, and everything falls flat. And I would tell you that the two head actors, uh, Sam Claflin and Olivia Munn, both of them are people you're going to look at and go, where do I – I know them from somewhere. And that's because – They've been in, in so many dud movies already that you've already put it into your back of your head like, oh, yeah, I've seen them before. So Olivia Munn, probably her most famous role was Psylocke in the X-Men Apocalypse movie. Oh, okay. And, and Sam Claflin, uh, if you've watched any other romantic comedy, he's been in like four of them. You've probably seen him on screen. His most recent one was with Amelia Clark, from you know, the girl who plays Daenerys Stormborn on uh, Mother of, of Dragons. Yeah, exactly. This movie, to me, had very funny elements. The execution just isn't funny. Their better actors could have pulled it off the writing that was in place. However, right around midway through the movie, I had this aching desire to recast it and rewrite the whole thing. Like, I, there's this, you know, in the write-up I just told you, they talk about how alternate versions of the same day seem to occur, right? Well, this doesn't even come into play until the third act of the movie. After you've already been forced to sit through an hour and 15 (laughs) minutes of one version that apparently isn't the actual version of the day you're seeing, you get the real version. Now I'm using air quotes, real version. Somewhere about midway through uh, the last 20 minutes of the movie, and not even 
the full 20 minutes, just, just like a nice little snippet of 10 minutes. That's actually like, this is what really happened. Sort of like you were watching clue or something. Like you get the little flashcard comes up it has this ridiculous voiceover. It, it just, the movie lost me completely. The groundhog day storyline at the end doesn't fit the rest of the movie. And then I have to complain about the sister a little bit. So the sister is the main focal point of the story. She's the person getting married, right? You're supposed to be like, oh, what a beautiful day. Mm, the sister's getting married. I can't wait. I, I don't know if I'd be like that. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like she's the main person, right? You're supposed to be invested in this character getting married. So they have this stalker guy apparently throughout the movie who she's trying to have taken out, right? Like basically like, he can't be at this wedding. You got to hide him. You know, he just shows up to the wedding uninvited. And then you find out he's not a stalker guy. She slept with him. And now he's all like infatuated with her. And so you're like, oh, so then in the real version of the movie that happens, he has a change of heart because in the movie, he makes a big deal where he's like announces to everybody, I slept with him. I slept with her. She loves me and I love her. And the husband gets all mad and storms off. But in the real version, she gets away with it. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I'm supposed to be like happy that I rooted for like, oh, good. They're going to stay married. Wait, she cheated on him. (laughs) How am I supposed to accept this? So is that one of the reasons why you're saying pass? Oh, absolutely. You you feel like you were tricked? I feel like like the whole movie's a trick. Like, it's like, hey, we're funny. No, you're not. Okay. So what was it meant to do that? Oh, it's clearly supposed to be a comedy. If this thing had a laugh track, it, it would. I don't know if it would have helped. I'm it. sorry. So it's supposed to be a comedy. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Mm. Even says romantic comedy on the Netflix. You know, when you log in and you got your like, hey, we think you might like this. It's in the little genre down at the bottom says romantic comedy. It's not. It's not. Wow. It's a, roman- it's a painful comedy. Well, you sold me on passing on that one altogether. Yeah, you know, aside from Olivia Munn, who I always had high hopes for, it seems like the the pinnacle of her career is probably that tech show she used to have back in the day. Forgot what the tech show was, but she also did really well in Newsroom. By the way, I really liked her character in that series, HBO. But uh, yeah, Kenny, you sold me, man. I'll I'll take you up on that pass. Rough times, right? Rough times. All right, I'm going to throw in my pause here. I'm going to cut Arnez off. Okay, go ahead. All right, all right. This is my pause. I see you on Amazon Prime. I see you. The only reason I watched it, the only reason I watched it was because it had Helen Hunt, and I hadn't seen her do anything in such a long time. I think the most I ever see her is those TNT reruns of Twister, which they show just (laughs) about once a week. And granted, it's like a four-hour version of Twister. I still turn it on. Uh, But... So, uh, so synopsis of I See You on Amazon is when a 12-year-old boy goes missing, lead investigator Greg Harper, John, actor John Tinney, struggles to balance the pressure of the investigation and troubles with his wife, Jackie Helen Hunt. Facing a recent affair, great strain is put on the family that slowly gnaws away at Jackie's grip on reality. I should mention that Jackie is the one who had the affair. Helen, Helen, Helen Hunt's character is the one who had the affair, which kind of threw me off when I watched the show. But after a malicious, pres, a malicious presence manifests itself in their home and puts their son Connor, Judah Lewis, in mortal danger, the cold hard truth about evil in the Harper household is finally uncovered. Sounded pretty good. And it's got Helen Hunt. I figure... I figure it's a can't miss, so I watched it. It's good. It's a slow tempo thriller suspense. I think it's it's categorized as horror, mystery, and suspense. I didn't get the horror part of it. I don't think that's that's in there. Mystery, yes. Suspense, yes. It's more of a, th- a thriller than anything else, um, but it's very slow moving. 
the redeeming part about this movie uh, up until halfway through, I would have definitely said pass until halfway through the movie. Everything changes. Everything flips over. It takes you about 10 minutes to figure out what just happened. However, they do run with it long enough so that you can figure out what's happening. What are they showing us now? Uh, what am I, where am I supposed to be with this storyline? And basically what happens is they run through the current timeline of how things are going with this family. And then halfway through the movie, they flip everything over and they show the same story in a different perspective, in somebody oh. else's perspective, like a third person outside the family perspective, which is really cool. I thought it, you know, very original. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, that's why I'm saying it's, it's in that pause country for me. I wouldn't say don't watch it, but I'm not going to say watch it. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie. But you can waste some time watching this movie. And in the end, it's a one-time watcher. But I think you'd be okay having spent the time to watch it. Okay. Well, I, I think you convinced me it is a, another pause movie I can watch uh, if I've got free time on my hands. <laughs> I was curious. You said Juliet Lewis is in it. Is that right? Judah. 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 The son. Okay. Yeah, Judah Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess my question would be, is it a slow burn with a big payoff? Mm, that's a great question. So it, it's definitely a slow burn. I think it should have had a bigger payoff. It does. It doesn't have a big payoff. It it's a good had a, payoff, though. It should have had a big payoff. I think they. I think it didn't come off that way. At least not for me. It had a good payoff, Arnez. Okay. I was pleased with the ending. I just know that it could have been better. And and you and you're saying the script could have been better, or they could have made it a bigger. No, no. Dialogue was fine. Acting was fine. I, you know, as a matter of fact, the acting was great. Everybody played their parts. Okay their parts well they didn't fall short there the dialogue was great i mean helen hunt you, you can't go wrong with her she's such a tremendous actress yeah it's just kind of falls sh a little short of being a, a great watchable movie so wow. i'm not gonna somebody comes to me and they got options and i'm gonna try to sell them a movie this wouldn't be a movie i'm gonna sell them on however if you don't have options if you're digging in a refrigerator and you're just looking for what's in the fridge i might tell you eat last week's meatloaf and that's this movie. <laughs> this movie is last week's meatloaf. Oh, okay. Still wow. edible. It's still going to be good. It's just not as good as when it was fresh. So I seen the I seen the poster for this movie. I seen the preview for it. It did look interesting. I will give you that. And I do like Helen Hunt. There's no no denying that Helen Hunt is a fantastic actress. But you have not sold me on this movie. I am a pass on this movie. There is oh, wow. way Ooh. too much in the sea of streaming for me to waste an hour and a half on a movie that doesn't have a big payoff. If I'm going to be forced to watch something for an hour and a half, that's going to have a slow burn where I have to feel like I'm going to be compelled to watch how this ends. Then I want to, I want a big payoff. And in the previous hey, movie, Kenny, I think, I think for you, it'll be a big payoff. Oh, I, I think for you, <laughs> it'll be, you should give it a try. Is Let that me like know how the that works equivalent out. of a, uh, of like trying to like slip me 50 bucks under the table to watch <laughs> go this. Watch it, hey, watch it. <laughs> it reminds me of like the naked gun where you hand me 20 bucks. How you see it now. You see it the way I see it now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, wow. Yeah. I'm a pass. I'm a pass. Man. Wow. 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 Man. Well, actually, you know, Kenny, I do have a movie for you. I think you would enjoy it. Okay. It is another movie built uh, or made in 1982, Forbidden World. It, it was a low budget at the time. One million dollars. Come on, Dal. You haven't even seen it yet. They they spent a million dollars on that they movie? They spent a million dollars on this movie for 1982. I mean, so far, oh, man, wow. you got me right now. 1982, Forbidden World. Both sound good title, and I like the I like the decade. So it does have Don Dunlop in it and June Chadwick. I don't know if you can picture those in your head. They were Arnaz, very... if you had said Don Knotts, I'd have been all over it. 
<laughs> they do have these female actresses were very popular at the time. Jesse Vint, I didn't know him too well. I've seen him in movies before, but he's not a very big known actor. I'll just give you a synopsis of the movie. It's basically a interstellar space ranger, which is uh, Jesse Vint. He goes to this world, Exarbia, to deal with a science experiment that's gone wrong. Now, it, it does sound campy, but I can tell you it has two hot babes in it with full frontal. It's got a lot of slime, slimy monsters, slimy gore, lasers, more slime, more gore. It's got sex. It has a random lesbian shower scene in it. Hmm? It has sounds like something that was on Cinemax. I'm getting a feel for Arnez's playlist. Was this, uh, was this like right before Barbarella? Was this like on? Uh, <laughs> I don't know when that was made. It's like in between Barbarella and Ice Pirates. It's kind of an Ice Pirates, yes. It's kind of an Ice mm-hmm. Pirates theme, but it has some nudity and gore and stuff. It has a funky soundtrack. I don't know if you've ever heard that. It's got a soundtrack. Hey, any, any of that soundtrack ever make it to uh, regular radio? I'm, I didn't check on that. But I'm not, sure okay, how about how about okay? So it didn't make the billboards, but is is there any songs on that soundtrack that that I would be familiar with? How about that? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes, it was. Oh, I'll take that as a plus. So I mean, it's kind of a a campy, low budget ripoff of Aliens, which was I would say three years earlier. I think Aliens was seventy nine. It came out. I think Alien Alien was Alien Alien no Alien Alien seventy seventy nine something like that yeah, okay like, I think it was so maybe a three or four year rip off of it but it doesn't have the sci fi like Aliens in it but it's 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 got some good liners in it and and just seeing for that era you know it's like ooh full frontal ooh okay I mean I'm in I I mean even though it's got the <laughs> the nudity and 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 of course that's a big that's a big thing for me and my cheese camp factor like it, nudity is a huge deal in those those cheesy camp movies and this is clearly in the camp oh, field well, i will just say it's this, good for passing time late, okay but this late 70s this, early 80s they did a lot of nudity in movies like porkies and all of that stuff it was all over the place but this definitely fits this Kenny's more crap, than, crap corner of movies this is definitely going to wind up on my playlist <laughs> i'll say this has more than porkies than in nudity i'm 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 absolutely not sold on this movie i think <laughs> oh, i think that come on because i didn't I'm watch playing. it when i was in the era I don't think I'm going to like it at all because, you know, I recently watched Buckaroo Bunzai and I loved that movie when I was a kid. I do not like that movie anymore. And, and so I don't think that a movie I have no nostalgic attachment to is going to cut. You know what? You can, Harry, Arnaz, you can sell me right now. If you can just hum me a little bit of that soundtrack. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. It's <laughs> a couple of bars. Just get me through this thing. Let me, <laughs> let me hear that. Let me hear that sound. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to. Well, how about you just pause on it? <laughs> wait, wait. I, I, I only handed this 20 bucks under the table, Arnaz. <laughs> right? I, I <laughs> hey, grab another beer. How about that? All right. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. For, for the 80s, 80s factor and the 80s sell, I, I will watch it. I, I'm not a big, you know, need nudity kind of guy anymore. However, that hokey 80s feel. I might be willing to watch. I'm put it on my pause list. Okay, there you go. I can I can accept that. It, it, it's a pause. If you're just trying to waste some time, it's not even an hour and a half. It's like an hour and twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. I gotta That's tell you, though, if I don't recognize any of that music, I'm calling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like ridiculous over the top stuff. I will watch it. I, I'm in, and and I think that has to do like when I was a kid, like my mom and I, we would always watch these ridiculously horrible vampire movies do you remember the the uh, christopher lee vampire movie and th- that whole like crazy 80s 
crap fest of B oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. I was down for it. So this definitely fits what I want. I, I, I'm in. There you go. All right. I'm going to give you my pause. All right. So I, I saw the movie, the Revenger on Netflix. It's a 2018 action movie and it's very simple plot. A former police investigator decides to go to a prison Island to revenge the brutal killings of his family. I mean, for me, I saw action movie prison Island and I was down. I was like, okay, yeah, all right. I'm in. I'll watch this. So it is fantastic choreographed movie. It is old style choreographed, not like the current herky jerky camera action angles that you have in today's action fair. This is, we get to kind of fan back a little bit and we get to actually see the actors duke it out, which is to me, one of the staples of eighties action. When we had Jean-Claude Van Damme and we had Steven Seagal with his breaking your fingers and things like that, we got to see all of the action take place in front of us. And they do some really interesting things with the camera in terms of how they film it. I mean, sometimes you get point of view action, sometimes you get a side action, and it's really, really entertaining to me. I like the Prison Island movie type of genre. Like, I like that whole, we're going to put a bunch of bad guys in one spot on an island, we're going to let them fight it out. I say it's a pause because there's two things that it's got going against it. One, it's a foreign movie, so you're going to have to read. And then I know that there's probably a population of people that as soon as you tell them subtitles are involved, you're going to have, they're going to turn off. This movie's from South Korea. So it's, it's completely subtitled. The other pause on it is probably there's a couple of moments in the movie that are definitely meant to lighten the load and make it feel like it's got some comedic moments, but they're so ridiculous over the top. They kind of take you out of the movie. So there's a, a dance number that the, the good guys camp, which since this is a prison island, I, I'll just call, go with calling them the not-so-bad guys. So there's a dance number with the not-so-bad guys that kind of leaves you going, eh. No, no. When you say there's a dance number. Yeah, it's a little dance number. It's it's not like... Are you talking about like a, <laughs> a choreographed musical, musical <laughs> no, type it's, dance? It's, like, or West Side Story deal? What, what are we doing? So it was... It, it, they basically did... I don't know how to describe it. What what are we doing over here? It's not singing in the rain. I'll tell you that. It's it's more like a you know I guess what I guess West Side Story where they're basically snapping their fingers and they're basically (laughs) telling you yeah we're we're bad we're bad we're gonna scare you. So and then to make things worse, you know it's 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 completely dubbed at the bottom, so you're left to read it. Is it meant to be funny? Yes. That that's meant to be. So this is not an all serious movie. No, but the parts that are serious are the action sequences. And the main star walks around this movie like the Terminator. And he moves from scene to scene and every fight scene he's in, he doesn't say anything. He's constantly beating up the bad guys and such with like just ferocity that makes you feel like, dude, this guy's awesome. In the beginning, you you don't, you don't get a good feel for how big he is because he's in the prison garb which is sort of baggy on him. And so you're left to think like, why, you know, this guy's marching through these guys like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, how is this guy able to beat these guys up? Well, there's a scene in the movie where he has a fight scene in the good guy's camp where his shirt comes off and the dude is jacked. He's huge. And that's when you're like, yeah, I can see this guy taking all these dudes out. So for me, it was a, for me, it was a play, but for, I think for most people, it's my pause because I think the fact that it's subtitled, and that it has some kind of ridiculous moments might turn some people off. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it on play. I, I was, I'm sold. I know. I was, it, I was it's just like, quirky. There's action. There's apparently depth in the action. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all right with that. You know, my take on subtitles, I grew up with them watching Japanese TV with my grandmother. So I like subtitles because the 
sound of the native language has emotions. It has context inside of it. And I want to hear that sound. And so for any foreign film, I prefer subtitles. Even though I don't know what they're saying, the sound of what they're saying means a lot to me. I, I, I think any, uh, you kind of sold me on this too. So I'm going to put this on my playlist as a play. I don't mind subtitles at all. I think it brings character to some movies. It reminded me of a charged up Kung Fu movie that we used to watch when we were kids, when they would be on television and you'd watch like Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee. And yes. this just seemed like a, like a more charged up version of that. Before the recording, please set your phones on vibrate or shut them off. Come on, man. Mr. Papers in the microphone. You get your phone on. What kind of production you running over there? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm cutting all this out, right? <laughs> no. Just no, don't. The people need to know. The people need to know. Hey, I still got people that contact me, you know. Um, all right. All right. Do you also, like, interrupt their conversation with rustling paper? <laughs> By the way, paper. Dude, why do you have paper? Because I was working and trying to do my notes. All right, folks. We, we even have a show notes on Google Docs. <laughs> and I see him typing in the show notes. And he still has paper. I don't know what's going on over there. This guy is like Walter Cronkite from the 1950s. I am the oldest one, you know. I'm, I'm used to paper and pen, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to close out my three with my pass. All right, so Netflix, Code 8. Man, are you ready, ready for this plot? A superpowered construction worker falls in with a group of criminals in order to raise the funds to help his ill mother. That's oh, it. That's, that's it? the entire plot. That's the whole thing. The only reason I watched it was because of that whole superpower thing. So in an era of mankind where we do have in common powered people, which is what they call them in the show, powered or unpowered. So if you have mutant powers, you're powered. However, it seems like people have evolved to only get a select group of powers. And so they have categories for these mutants, right? So you have electrics, and the heat guys. And so you could only hope to get to be one of five types of mutants, apparently, in this world. And then to kick things off, the world of that day has, for the most part, registered and outlawed them using their powers for any type of constructive purpose. So they can be amongst regular society so long as they have permits to walk around and work, as long as they don't use their superpowers to do anything, which is weird. So can you so tell they have superpowers? Uh, no. So you can't tell. There's, they have drones and stuff that fly. It has a very District 9 feel to it. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so they have drones and stuff that fly around and the drones do all the heavy lifting. They scan people and they'll, they'll rat them out. Oh, this guy has powers. This guy is nobody has no powers. He's good to go. Um, but if you have powers, you're supposed to have a permit or something with you that you can show the cops. And if you don't have it, apparently you get arrested and get processed for something else. But powers, it seems... Even though they have these superpowers, they all seem to be broke. They all seem to be criminals or, you know, they're forced underground, kind of like drug addicts. But so this kid, he's got mom problems. He's uh, struggling his way through his early 20s life. I I'm, I believe it's his early 20s. But eventually he kind of he gets he has that whole why do I have to hide what I have? And it's got to be good for something else. And somebody says, hey, guy, you know, you don't have to hide those powers. We'll help you. <laughs> and so they 
they schmooze him and they convince him to do a couple of things, which leads to a couple more things, which leads to a couple more things. And of course, as luck would have it, he happens to be the highest level of his power, which, ooh, hey, go figure, star of the show, right? But even the highest level of this power, maybe because I'm numb after watching movies like (laughs) X-Men and all the Marvel movies, but having the highest level of this power is really not all that great. It has its moments, but, you know, take into account that he's not trained in any way, shape or form. He's just using it as he uses it. At any rate, the movie is watchable, but I mean, it really just amounts to virtually nothing. I watched it. I forgot about most of it after it was done. <laughs> Wasn't a whole lot to remember. They, they tried to take a lot of stereotypical characteristics, you know, the brooding would-be hero and the bad guy who's not really that bad, but is really bad. And the ailing mother who needs her son to be on the straight and narrow, but also needs the help. It just, it didn't come off well. And in the end, you spend an entire movie waiting for these powers to actually do something. People who can, who have the power of controlling electricity or releasing electricity, you'd think they'd be doing something special. I feel like I got gypped about, you know, a super powered construction worker. You know what? He's not even a construction worker. Even that plot line is wrong. Just listening to you talk about it, Dell, like I, I'm going to pass on this just because of the fact that you've already given me three major things that I already, I already feel are just crap movies. The one, the one being that, you know, we're doing this because mom, mom movies used to work in the, like the eighties, you know, like we would go, we would we would revenge for mom. We'd go to bat for mom. We'd kill for mom. I feel like today's films, unless it's a girlfriend, wife, sister, daughter, you know, mom gets kind of shuffled to the way back. And the good, bad, or ugly, I just see the movies about saving mom just aren't very interesting anymore. And then the powers thing. Because, like you said, we have Marvel movies and we're at the apex of comic book movies. I, why? I It just seems like a, a cheat. Hey, we were too cheap to shell out the money to actually make a comic book movie. So we're going to put this out here and hope you'll watch it because you like comic book movies. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm out on, on, on the whole thing. I'm definitely a pass. And this was a 2019 movie too. And like 2019. I said, yeah, 2019 movie. Oh Matter of fact, de- December of 2019, they just made this thing. The writers. Ours, Carrie, Carrie Matchett, Robbie Amell. Penny Penny and Zynga. I think I'm arnezing these names. But did you say Robbie Amell? Yeah. He's the main character. He's the main character. So he he's Firestorm in Legends of Tomorrow, or at least he was. He was the first Firestorm. He's also Stephen Amell's brother. Stephen Amell is the Green Arrow. So Yeah. You changed your mind there, Kenny? I like I like Robbie (laughs) Amell. I like I like my comic book boobies. I like my superhero TV. I like him. I think he's pretty good, but yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of (laughs) out. Another thing for me was it had that that District 9 kind of feel, you know, that chappy kind of feel, that world. But at the same time, I don't know if they were trying to create somewhere different or, you know, but this whole place they live in is just a complete depressing environment. I mean, there's nothing good. So I'm also sitting there in this movie thinking, hey, this place can't be that huge. You have a car. Jump in your car. Drive <laughs> about an hour. You're bound to get to somebody better than where you are. So what you're saying is one of their superpowers should have been to order an Uber or have a car. (laughs) (laughs) Dale, let me ask you this. So would you consider this a a B movie, like really cheaply made, or is it a a top movie that's just poor? You know what? Whatever the budget was, I didn't really look up the budget, but whatever the Uh budget was, they did well with the way they made this movie. It wasn't over-the-top special effects. It wasn't 
hokey special effects. Everything was good. I mean, the the drones, they have these armored robots in there. Everything was good. As far as the production goes, it was good. It was just as the story and the way it was built it didn't work. Oh, so here's a plus for somebody out there. It wasn't, I mean, for me, I don't care where the funding comes from. A movie is a movie, but yeah, this, this was a crowdfunding movie. Oh. Yeah, it was crowdfunded. Well, unfortunately, I mean... 1.7 mil. 1.7 mil, Arnaz. Well, this may be a movie I'll, I'll call a pause. I'm not going to say I'm going to go out and look it up and watch it right away, but maybe if I have some spare time, Meh. I'm looking you up on uh, crowdfunding sites right now just to see if you were one of the backers <laughs> secretly. Barnes. Barnes. The credits. He's in the credits. <laughs> He's sitting there, fingers crossed. Come on, be a blockbuster. Well, I got one person to watch. Come on. Okay. <laughs> it's the brother of Green Arrow. We can't go wrong. We can't go wrong. <laughs> It's the not so green arrow. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this is definitely a pass for me. I I don't get a payoff. I don't. There's no payoff at the end of this thing. It just kind of ends. Hmm. You know. I, matter of fact, I think that if this was probably in the mid '90s, it might have done okay. Oh, okay. Wow. But yeah, with in today's Marvel era, with the DC universe and all that stuff going on. It's a pass. I think anybody who watches it for the for the first two words that are in the plot line superpowers, it's just not going to work. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's followed by not any character you would know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, I'll jump in when we'll play. All right. All right, I'm going to give you The Two Popes 2019 on Netflix. So, I mean, it was up for Best Picture. I understand it's sort of a cheat to grab this movie, but uh, I had not seen it yet, and I did want to watch it, and this made for a nice excuse since we were doing this podcast. So I went with The Two Popes, uh, which the simple write-up is behind Vatican walls, the conservative Pope Benedict and the liberal future Pope Francis must find common ground to forge a new path for the Catholic Church. So I will tell you that I don't know history as probably as well as I should. I do remember when Pope Benedict stepped down, and I remember it being a big deal because he didn't die, and typically popes die when they step down. That's, that's how they step down. And then he, the guy that was selected instead, I remember Pope Francis being from a different background that they had not chosen before, and I remember that being a big deal. But the movie actually puts a lot of cool things in perspective, and I, watching the movie stars Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price. Anthony Hopkins, all a fantastic actor. Could watch him read the phone book, really, and I'd be totally entertained as long as he <laughs> throwed in some fava beans and rice. <laughs> so the movie left me with a feeling after I watched it internally, I felt like I should probably do more with my life. Like I should donate more time. I should do something to help people out. And I know that was probably one of the goals of it, but it did make me feel that way. I, it, the movie has some of the greatest quotes, I think. I wrote down three of them that I really, really enjoyed. The ones that I liked the most, my favorite quote is the one about the banks. So he says, when he's talking about the banks, this is Pope Francis. He says, you know, they, the banks, beg for de deregulation, like tigers begging to be let out of a cage. And I just, in our current environment and such, that plays so strong to me that I was, wow, that was a really good quote. And the best part of these quotes that, that came out of this movie was that they were real quotes. This guy actually said these things. When he was talking in one of his speeches, he says, when no one is to blame, everyone is to blame. I, that struck home. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I liked his, his line when he took over as Pope and they were trying to get him to wear the big robe and the fancy cross and everything. And he basically looks at him and says, 
the carnival is over. So I enjoyed learning that this guy, Pope Francis, our current Pope, has this amazing background in terms of like where he came from and who he was, the fact that he had tragedy in his This is not a guy that was given all the best things in life. He didn't eat the best food. He didn't, he didn't preach in the best churches. He didn't have the best of anything. This is a guy that was basically in the poorest parts of town. He squandered. He, he fought his way up. He lost at one point. There's a scene in the movie where you find out that he probably is the reason for uh, many of his fellow clergy being killed. And the killing of the clergy and the peop- and his people was probably one of the most devastating scenes I think I have seen in a movie in recent years. Like I really felt like like that scene when it happened, I felt terrible. I was I could not believe that this happened, that this dictatorship country just killed these people for speaking out against the government. They just and they did and they weren't quiet about it. They just march in there and grab them. So the fact that this guy came from all that and now he is our pope gives credence to his his reign as Pope, basically. So I really liked the movie and made me want to pay attention more, made me want to be a better person. And I came away from the movie feeling like that was a really good film, made me dive into that world for at least an hour and a half. And I, w- I was totally sold. It is a one-time watch, though. It is not the kind of movie where you're going to be like, hey, honey, you know what we should watch tonight? We should watch that Two Popes again. That's not going to happen with this movie. It is a one-time watch. But, I've seen I've seen the two popes and that is a but that is a great one time watch. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's that's kind of how I felt about it. It was a good one time watch. So, uh, granted, it was up for best picture and it has probably one of the greatest actors of our generation in it with Anthony Hopkins. But it played for me, so I say it's play. Wow. Well, I've never seen it, so I'm intrigued and interested. So, I mean, I'm going to watch it. So, I guess I have to give it a play. I mean, and and a paper yes. shuffle. <laughs> is that because you're you're forming it with your paper letters you had to write it down you, you're write it down <laughs> <laughs> you know you, you kind of forget they at my age you know so you have to write stuff down so kenny let me ask you it was a big attraction to that movie for you the underdog factor because it seems like you really like the underdog factor when you say the attraction for the movie you mean like what i liked about watching it or what draw me to watch it in the uh, first place I, a lot of your cell sounds like you really like the character because of his beginnings because he didn't want the job because he's kind of like the people's hero yeah that i think that's thing. True. so he's the underdog so i'm thinking you know just is that was that the cell for you absolutely you know, he was the rocky of popes Okay. Okay. And so for me, and to me, I, I don't, I don't really pay attention to that Pope world. You know, he shows up in the, in the U S every so often and he gives some blessings and he says a few things and then he leaves. Like, I don't really know much about the Pope and I don't pay attention to watch a movie like this makes me want to pay attention more. I should pay attention. more. That's interesting. So I read that they couldn't film anything in the Vatican. They got denied. So the Vatican Vatican did not endorse. Well, I mean, there's some things in that movie where I'm sure the Vatican doesn't want to say, yes, this happened. And by allowing them access into the Vatican to do research and filming would endorse everything in that movie. And I think that perhaps the Vatican does not want to endorse everything in that movie. I could totally understand why. But I, I just thought that here's Kenny. He's saying, I want to pay more attention to that world now. That's a good sell. Uh, so maybe the Vatican missed out on that, but they get it anyway, right? Because they didn't endorse it, but Kenny wants to check out that world a little more. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm not trying to look at that world. I'm just trying to, the movie just sounds really interesting. Uh, so I'll watch it for the, for that 
Well, you know, they did a fantastic job showing the Catholic world to everybody. So you didn't have to be a Catholic to understand what was going on. You don't even have to know what a Pope does to understand what was going on. They did a fantastic job just making a movie about these two people's lives and how it how it interacted with each other. And for any religious style of movie, unless it's like stigmata or something, that's pretty impressive. Most times they get so deep into the religion, the traditions, the culture of whatever religion they're discussing that people lose interest. Not in this case. There's a there's a wonderful concession in in Pope Benedict too that I loved that I feel rings true for us as military guys too where if you feel like something isn't working you got to step back and maybe try something new and the fact that he had this moment where he said hey what I have to offer is not working what I have to offer is not getting in touch with people it's not it's not reaching them and though I don't understand you and I disagree with your entire platform the fact is that your method might be the thing that works. And I'm willing to let that happen because I feel like you might be the person that can make a difference. I just want to clarify that was in the movie, right? Or, or are you talking about the, the true story? No, I'm talking about in the movie because okay, in, in the, the movie, movie, he tells him, remember they're sitting, they're having no, pizza no, I, together. Yep, and, yep. He, and, he, and he tells him, he says, he says, I disagree with everything you say. You may not be the hero we want. But, but you're, you're the, the hero, hero we need. need. Yeah, a little Dark Knight action. <laughs> see? Oh, little Dark Knight action. I'm finding why you like this movie so much. <laughs> and that's when Pope Francis throws that, on the cape and cowl, hops in the Batmobile, charges at the Joker. <laughs> that's right. I'm the Pope. Wow. <laughs> Feed the poor. Feed the poor. <laughs> so it's kind of a drama, you would say, huh? Oh yeah, it's I mean, a drama. It, yeah, it's. It, yeah, I it's don't say it is a drama. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's a drama. But you know what? For that one time watch, you know, don't do it when you're all hyped up and amping and you want to get some get some stress out and watch some action. Don't don't watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, don't watch oh. it after the Revenger. That's for sure. Okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a movie when you're when you're in chill mode. You just you're hanging out. It's maybe Sunday evening. You, you watched all the all the heavy stuff already, and you just want to chill, watch something that'll help ease you into a good night's sleep, you know. And for you, you gotta start playing it at three in the afternoon, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so it's that kind of movie. It's not a Friday night primetime movie. It's it's not that. It's movie. a weeknight uh... to end the work to end the work week. It's more yeah, it's a weeknight movie. It's a movie. It's a workday night movie kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So I was looking at the IMDb trivia and I saw this one that was kind of neat. So the screenplay, the screenplay of this movie was originally called The Pope. After Anthony Hopkins was cast, the title was changed to The Two Popes at the request of Anthony's agent. Oh wow! What a ego, huh? What do you think about Anthony now? He's earned it. He's earned it. (laughs) He's earned it. Got to give him that too. Has he gotten to that status where no matter what he does? Hey, isn't we he a are sir? Okay with it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I not sir him? No, I'm just curious. Like he's a sir, right? <laughs> oh, like oh, so, no, no. So sir, the fact, I, I, my apologies, sir Anthony Hopkins, and he wants to change the title change to the two popes because I'm in the movie, and that's, that's what's supposed that's right. To. <laughs> so instead of good. the sir pope, he settled for the two popes. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. Oh, the two popes is definitely a better a better title to the movie because they they deep dive into both characters into both both popes lives now 
everything I'm saying is relative to the movie. I did not look up the truth or whatever factoids there are out about these two individuals during this time frame. The movie takes liberties on the events of that time frame, mm-hmm. which is my guess is why the Vatican didn't endorse this movie. But it's still, a, a, as far as movies go, it's a good movie. A good one-time movie. I'm good with the pass on that one, Ken. You didn't need to sell okay. me. I saw it. Well, I'm a pause, so I'll, I'll oh, see. Oh, sorry, not pass. Time. Play, play, play. Play? Okay. Yeah. Arnez, you said pause? You, Arnez, you said we, pause? Uh, yeah, did we talk you out of a play? You, you moved to pause? No. Well, it's you a had one-time it on watch. Play? It's a one-time watch. It was me, Kenny. It was oh. me. I ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm sorry, I, man. I, I ruined it. You had him on play, and I changed I was going to gonna sell him this 1997 Toyota Tercel, and you daggone <laughs> ruined it. Man. <laughs> I, I was the guy on the side going, going, hey, man. You see the stains under the seat? <laughs> hey, hey, you, you hear that dripping, Arnez? Take a look at the drip. Take a yeah. look. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, Arnez, okay. and I know you're always on the hunt for movies with the boss. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why she ain't going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she going to listen to it. <laughs> All right. Well, let me go with my last movie here. It's another play. I believe you saw Adele, uh, The Colony, 2013. It's up on Hulu. And actually, I saw it. And then the reason I I watched it originally, because I didn't even read the uh, plot. What the plot was about was it has uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Bill Paxton in it there. Oh, it's a Bill Paxton movie. Yeah. It's a horror sci-fi fiction fiction movie. So I was like, oh, this would be kind of nice, though. Something different. And basically, it's just a... The earth has been hit with some cold blast of cold blast there. And people have now lived underground in these things they call colony. I think it's a colony. And something happens to where one of the colonies sends out a distress signal there. And let's just basically say everybody gets killed at the colonies there. It's got some really jolting scenes there. Not really horror, horror joke scenes, but enough to where you're surprised when it happens. The details behind the whole plot are kind of left out. So you don't really know why the earth's turn to a frozen wasteland and why they're living the way they are or why these killers are killing people. And they, and they also kind of have, it's kind of a, an evil movie because the colonies are harsh. You know, if somebody gets sick, they're literally trying to kill them. And not like, I mean, sick with the pandemic that's kind of going on. It's like with a small flu or something, stop feeding them and stick them in a room and say, just die. But it's got an interesting plot when you start to watch it there to make you want to watch it all the way through the end and figure out what's going on here. It's got some, I don't say gruesome scenes, but it's got some killing scenes in there. Keep it lively. You know, if you, if you like action, it keeps you in tune to the movie there. So is it, get, is it an action movie or is it a horror film? It's considered a horror movie, but it has action in it. Think of it like a zombie movie where you're, they're fighting zombies and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, so, it's, it's action, horror, sci-fi. Yeah. All right. I, I didn't get, I didn't, I've seen this movie. I, I didn't get the sci-fi part too much aside from it's, I think they were trying to capitalize, you know, this is back in 2013. They were trying to capitalize on the global warming thing, you know, because obviously that, that talk has died down in recent, yeah. in recent times, but back then it was in full swing. And they were trying to capitalize on that. I didn't get a lot of the sci-fi part, but the action and horror yeah, was there. I don't know. I'm kind of a pause on this one, just based on the initial sell. I, I, I like everything you're selling there. I think the only thing that gives me pause is that I've never heard of it. So I'm automatically kind of shuffled to the side saying, listen, it's, it might not be that good. So I, I don't know. That's, that's why well, I put it on my pause. Well, let me give you a little bit more. I mean, okay. If you like Lawrence Fishburne, you like Bill Paxton there. Very good actors there. So, uh, 
I mean, Lawrence Fishburne is a really good actor. And thank you. And and, and let's and let's be real. Bill Paxton has come a long way since his time on weird, uh, weird, weird science. Lawrence Fishburne is Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, we're gonna get in this discussion again. We are. This is not iced tea. (laughs) Yeah, right. That conversation is not relevant to Arnez trying to sell this movie. Uh, I've seen this movie. It's, it's horror-ish. It's action-ish. It's sci-fi-ish. Would you give it a one-time watch? Uh, Would you at least give me that? You know what? You, you got to build me a scenario for, you know, this is not a movie where I'll just flat out bill it as a one-time watch. There has to be a scenario built up to where it'd be okay to turn this this thing on. So I I actually watched it through a download Jeez, it was, I think, iTunes or something long time ago. Did it I put rent, you to sleep rented it, you watched downloaded it? it, watched it. It was good for that watch. See, there but, you go. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm okay with the pause on this one. I, I think for really? some people, they'll enjoy it. For some people, they really won't enjoy it because it was, look, right out the gate, it's billed as an action horror sci-fi. Dude, you got to pick a direction. These these people got to pick a direction. Action, sor- horror, sci-fi. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we missed something to give it that. Give me horror, that sci-fi. sci-fi. Give me horror, sci-fi. Action, sci-fi. Maybe even action, horror. But you can put all three in the same billing? I'm not feeling that. And you know what? I watched it. I wasn't feeling that. So I think if you go into this movie and you watch it, I would say, I would say action, sci-fi. That's what I would okay. do. I'd take the horror out. It, it wasn't really horrific. There was nothing horrific. I don't know. Just based on Arnez's cell, it sounded like that was the bulk of the movie was horror. No, I, I don't get it wrong there. <laughs> well, you know, Arnez, I, I don't know you that well. Maybe you were scared. Of <laughs> no. maybe, maybe you were curled up in that blanket on the couch with the lights on, you know. It was nighttime when I watched it. Could okay. be the case. Could no. be the case. I was on an airplane oh, when I watched this. I was surrounded by people in the comfort of being in a crowd. I was watching this movie. I wasn't afraid. You know, that's that's an interesting question. So, Arnez, I have to ask, uh-huh. what time was it when you watched it? Because and I will tell you this, a movie at 2 a.m. has a way different feel to it than a movie at 3 p.m. So... <laughs> It was was it late at night when you watched it, or what? Well, give me give me a scenario here. <laughs> I'd say about four a.m. in the morning. Ooh, four a.m. <laughs> you know. um, so at four a.m., I'm likely to buy the Ginsu knife. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's entirely. But Arnez, did you? So you watched it off Hulu, right? You said I did. Yeah, yeah you watched it off. Hulu. And I'll tell you, you know, it doesn't really. It's it's a basic plot there. I would say some really decent acting. It wasn't like poor acting. It, it, it wasn't, I would say, I don't think there was any uh, CGI in it. It was all just decent acting there. The, the makeup on the, the, the villains or the killers was, was good. You know what? I'm going to help you out real quick with a, with a little bit. If anyone likes end of the world, humanity trying to survive kind of movies. There you go. Then this is a movie. And then you cap it off with Lawrence Fishburne. And if you're a fish, because there are Fishburne fans out there. They're like, yeah, red, blue, red pill, blue pill. That's my dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. I I like him in certain roles, but he's always the same guy. He was kind of that role in this movie. Yeah. He's always that role. When is he? When is he? He was a fantastic actor. He's a lot of range still. A lot of range. He he has a lot of range. (laughs) Oh, you should have said that. (laughs) I mean, he plays, he plays, he plays comedy. Another 
He plays deep, brooding individual. He plays mm-hmm. upbeat, savior, messiah type. I mean, he's he's got a litany of roles. This guy's Kenny, amazing. Kenny, you are a Fishburne fan. <laughs> yes, I, I think am. that this should be on the Kenny playlist. <laughs> See, there you go. Uh, if, if, you know what? You get a lot of Fishburne out of this movie. He is Fishburne, as he always is. He might be not the strongest person in the movie, which makes it more believable. Yes, true. Uh, so, you know what? It's a, I'll, Arnez, it's a good one-time watch. There you go. That's all Maybe uh, I'm going to say like a Thursday evening watch before the last day of the work week. How about that? Okay. Did this movie come out before or after Bill Paxton's death? That's a weird question. I only ask that because I, I, I want to get I want to get a handle on the fact if he had unfinished scenes to film, so it came out after he died, or if it was something he actually finished. No, you have to have actually finished this movie. Okay, I'm just yeah. gonna say I'm just guessing. I'm okay. just guessing. I'm just guessing. I like Bill Paxton, so he'd be the cherry on top for me. Yes, he did. So th- he died in 2017. This movie came out. 2013, so four years. Hey, this movie was shot in NORAD. All right, I'm in. See? Play. It's a play. There we go. That's what I want to hear. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> All right, for me, my three, I See You was a pause. Code 8 was my pass, and Bloodfather was my play. All right. And for me, uh, I had Piranha. That was my play. I also had The Forbidden World was another play. And of course, I had The Colony, which was a play. <laughs> like the Mikey of movie reviews. So I gave everybody a, a comedy, a comedy, an action, and a drama. So I gave a comedy, Love Wedding Repeat. That was my pass. I gave The Two Popes, which was my drama, the play. And I gave Revenger, which was my action film, The Pause. Not a bad select. I think that's a pretty wide array of selections. I mean, seriously, that is a wide array of selections. We obviously do not search for movies the same way. Well, I tried to give something different. No, so. no, I, I dig it, man. You, so Piranha, 1995? I'm actually kind man. of jazzed to go see Forbidden World. Actually. See, there we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Forbidden World. You know, I, I, I even sat here and, and thought to myself, I must have watched that. But then I looked and I, I didn't watch that movie. Really? Well, you got to watch it now. <laughs> Looks like something you could remake today on the sci-fi channel. You can probably remake it at home. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dress my dog up. Got him running around in a costume. <laughs> I don't know if you watch YouTube lately, but man, the talent <laughs> yeah. in people's homes. That's true. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode, boys. Uh, hopefully you at home have enjoyed today's episode. Uh, just to remind everybody, we are a bi-monthly podcast, so we will have a new episode for you in two weeks. We'd love to hear from you on so, on email or social media. So email us at brothers and armchairs podcast at gmail.com or follow us and comment on Twitter at bro armchairs three. Again, that's Twitter at bro armchairs three, Instagram at brothers and armchairs podcast. And of course, Facebook at brothers and armchairs podcast group. Please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts. If we like your remarks, we'll make a spot to discuss it on our next episode. And for you military folks out there, active reserve or retired, we'd love to hear from you too. Would this movie make it into your rotation of watches on deployment? Why or why not? We'd like to introduce a segment called The Movie Locker in our next episode in which we discuss what movies make it into a regular rotation while you're on deployment. Thank you very much for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. See you in two weeks. From myself, Arneas, Del. This has been Brothers in Armchairs. Goodbye, everybody. Later.
Oh, wait a minute. I should have done this first. <laughs> oh, I'm so putting that in there. Dude, what? Seriously, what is the deal, man? I mean, okay, I... I...